You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. You're listening to the Pull Box Podcast. The International Graphic Novel Book Club. Here are your hosts, Curtis Finley and Michael Cohen. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Pullbox Podcast. Um, I am your host, Curtis Finley. I am your other host, Michael Cohen. And uh, this is episode 49, and it is a sad episode because this is going to be our last episode with Mike for a little while. For a little while, yeah. yeah. And just shy of 50. Yeah, you have to miss our 50th episode. But we really you know, should have planned that out better. But I guess we could quickly record an, another one. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's a book that we can read really fast? <laughs> uh, no, um, it's, but a, it's all good. You've got other things going on. More important things yes, than this podcast much more anyway. Things. So yeah, um, uh, but as of this recording, you ha- are not a parent, but by the time this recording airs, you may very well be a parent. Oh, yeah. Uh, by the time this one airs, I more than likely am. Hopefully. Otherwise, yeah. uh, your wife will be... Time travel. <laughs> well, yeah, or she... very, very overdue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, I guess we could say congratulations then, and I'll let you know Thanks. in the next episode the, the details. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so in this episode, we are talking about um, Paul Up North. This is um, um, this is by a French Canadian author, Michel Rebagliati, and he they they call these books the Paul books um, semi autobiographical. Mm-hmm. Um, they he draws a lot of elements from his own life, but yeah. the character Paul is completely made up, and his adventures are um, much more um, fantastic than than his life ever got. He says so. Uh, this is actually, I think, the the fifth book in the series okay but um all of the books focus on a different period in paul's life yeah. so they're not chronological you can jump into any one volume and uh and and be able to pick up um the character from wherever the, the he places this character yeah so in this book in particular so in the past book sorry um one of my favorite ones is um I think it's the, maybe the first or second one called Paul Gets a Summer Job. He's a, um, a young adult. Um, it's a coming-of-age kind of first-time story. And, um, and then another one of... another. I think the book before this, or maybe the one before that, I can't remember, is called The Song of Roland, and he's an adult, and he has, he's married and has kids, and it's about the death of his father. Okay. Um, one of the only comics that's actually made me cry, like so, actual real tears. So that's interesting, because I, not to skip way, way, way too far ahead, because we've just started talking about it, but having read those other ones, and obviously connecting with them, yeah. the end of this book would be especially poignant. Yes. Because the book ends on... The book begins with Paul basically being a good-for-nothing teenager, like we all are when we're teenagers, uh, around 15, 16 years old. And then it ends with him having gone through his hero's journey and coming out the other end being... And working with his dad, basically. Like, his dad, the whole time his dad's like... Why don't you help? Why won't you help me? Yeah, I thought that this was going to be good for us. And then at the end, they have a moment, and yeah. it's like the final moment in the book. And, 
And if you know... I can see that, because this one is very much about his teenage years, and it's very Mm -hmm. much about his adventures. Yeah. And his family is sort of... They're very secondary to the story. Right. Um, It's much more about him and his his buddy. um, Mark. Mark, yeah. I... But um, I can see how the other ones, if they were more focused on his family, could be a little bit more of the tearjerker variety. Definitely. And it, it's interesting that how he plays them out because they all focus on um, on Paul and a very different part of his life mm-hmm. and even a different part of his character. Um, and it's like, how, how many times can you do a story where the character has really big growth? Mm-hmm. Like this character now... We've seen him as uh, one of them is um, is when he joins the scouts when he's a younger kid, maybe I don't know eight or nine or something okay. like that, and and then all the way to when he's an adult and we see there have been a, about five or six books now where it's pulling out different parts but like each one of them has dramatic growth. Um, there's, yeah. yeah, there's another one where he's he moves out and gets his first apartment or something like that and okay. moves in with a girlfriend or something and and yeah it, and. But he's still able to tell a very touching, moving story that uh, that has a has a purpose. So in this one, um, Paul is a teenager. Um, does it say how old he he is? Four, 14, I think 15? he's fifteen because 15? they talk about like next year when I get my license when I turn sixteen. Okay, I'm gonna get a motorcycle. Right, because yeah, that's yeah, really yeah, that's like right. one of the biggest that's plot the driving points in, in the story. Yeah. Um, so he's 16, he, um, he's just finished middle school and he's moved into high school. Yeah. So, and then he's meeting all of these new, new people. He's getting a new group of friends, I guess. And he meets this guy, Mark, who is just a completely different character than he's ever met before. Yeah. Immediately taken. Oh, and also this book takes place in 1975 or 76. So there's, there is that, um, that culture they're getting out of the hippie era and they haven't quite got to this grunge era yet. Yeah. And they're kind of in, be- and in like between. we're pre star Wars people. Like the yes. world is a different place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's how I gauged a lot of like the, the sort of, um, modern era, like post-war era is like, it, there's the time from world war two until star Wars. And then there's the time from star Wars until now. Right. <laughs> That's basically how I, I tend to look at things well, like this is just on the cusp of that culture changed dramatically. It did. When star Wars came out. Well, media became such a much bigger yeah. focus at that yeah. point. So this is before that. And so, so a lot of the focus in, um, with his interests yeah. revolve around music. Music yeah. is a big part of this book. Yeah. Um, and also just the culture of, of partying yeah. and, um, and exploring or just hitchhiking the bohemian kind of lifestyle yeah. like that's, uh, that's still big and played out. And I think especially in, this takes place in Quebec, yeah. especially I think the French Canadian lifestyle at that point was different than the rest of Canada For as well. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we get a lot of that. If you, if you're not familiar with Canada and the history, which I'm really not, um, even though I live here, um, it's, it's an interesting, an interesting part to, to learn about, about, uh, that and, and coming from a guy who grew up in that culture. So this is this, he, he has drawn on his own experience to tell yeah. us about, about this. So, um, he, uh, 
there, the I think this book is different than the other ones where it's not one big long story, but it's more like a series of vignettes. Yeah, it is. It's actually broken into these sections, and each one tends to be sort of about this one specific event over the course of this year, from basically the end of the summer of nineteen seventy five yeah. until the end of the summer of nineteen seventy six. Sort of from August to August is is what it felt like. And so in there, he takes. Um, he meets this guy who is who just seems a little bit more experienced in the world. Yeah, and uh, takes Paul under his wing to kind of yeah. show him around. Mark Mark is very much the person that Paul wishes that he was. Right, and so like he does. Yeah, he kind of becomes. It's right there on the cover. They're kind of these funhouse mirror versions of each other right right um where they're like they're very similar but then there are these very key differences that um that that define each character um and uh and it is it it is that that classic teenage sort of coming of age right it's yeah it it is it feels an awful lot like the moment where paul transitions from being a kid to becoming a man, right? Yeah. And he's not quite there, but, you know, you see it at the end. That that last yeah. page is really sort of him on the cusp of of understanding responsibility and and all of that sort of thing that comes with growing up uh, as a, from a boy to a man. So. Yeah, and that actual boy-to-man story is better told in the book um, Paul Gets a Summer Job. Okay. So that, um, if you want to see where that ends up and yeah and it's interesting because you think that this will be um especially part of this one of the stories is that he falls in love with a girl and attacks it in a typical teenage boy way where he's way too in her face and overbearing and won't give her her space and he's all kind of mopey and and lovey-dovey or whatever and hanging off of her and you think that it's going this will this coming of age story will end up in being his you know, virginity, loss of virginity story or yeah, whatever, yeah. but it, it doesn't end up that way. Um, which I thought, well, because we've already know what that story is cause it's in a previous book. Okay. So it can't happen in this one, <laughs> but, uh, um, but it was, it, it was a, a different, um, a different girlfriend story, mm-hmm. um, than what I've, what we've read in the past. And I, I appreciate that. Um, being able to tell the same story essentially, but yeah. with a different bend to it. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it is in essence, or I, I think quite literally, his first love, right? I yeah. mean, it, it's it's a, the first girl that he kisses and yeah. and uh, all that sort of thing. Um, and it, it's very much like he is going from this world in which I think he he previously. So, like, I don't have the context of these other stories. So for yeah. me, it's like I. Uh, I just have to kind of like take the context clues and try and figure it out. But he is previously very immature yeah. and not very worldly. And then in in meeting Mark and and joining up with him, he is almost thrust into this world of of maturity yeah. and 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 almost like in in several instances maturity that's beyond his level. And uh, uh, one of those moments is when the two of them do hitchhike uh, in the <laughs> in the dead of winter in which in Canada is rough and in Quebec in particular Definitely. is not is not a good time to be hitchhiking. 
especially not towards the mountains. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and they like, it's pretty harrowing, right? Yeah. Like, like it's a, they get it's caught a pretty in a rough situation. Yeah. Um, and how they deal with it is, is particularly interesting. Um, so yeah, like it, 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 and then, and then it's got very much the summer, like that sort of seventies summer movie. Yeah, everyone's uh, hanging vibe. out and grab your bikes yeah. and let's go for a ride and yeah. yeah, and then like he smokes pot for the first time. Yeah, um, this, hey, which is great because it's the only <laughs> section in the book that's in color. So yeah, none of his other books have any color parts in it, yeah. and it's fantastic that there is a two page, two pages of color. Um, just explaining his trip, his trippy dream after he's smoked some pot. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it's it's really great. I I didn't I wasn't expecting no, it. Neither was I. Through. And you flip the page and it's color, and you're like, whoa! It's it's so um, good. And it just it expresses that that experience so yeah. well. It's like the um, like the pink elephants on parade. Um, part of Dumbo when Dumbo yeah. gets drunk and has his yeah. his little dream there. It's the same sort of yeah, same sort of experience. Yeah. It's a he uses a lot of great tricks. He's a fantastic illustrator, incredible he, and like so classically Canadian. Yeah, like like so Canadian to the yeah. point that like is is this a National Film Board animated <laughs> short? Yeah, really, because totally. it looks like about six of them that I can think of. Well, and it partly is because of his he's got a very retro kind of style yeah. and it's um in the national film board and their animation was at the top of its game in the 50s yeah and so definitely it feels like all of that kind of stuff yeah absolutely yeah and he's just put so much detail he's a fantastic uh just draftsman and and there are just scenes where he uh um he knows when to put backgrounds in and when to leave them out. And, um, and well, and, and like, because it is, it takes place in the real world. Right. So he, he lives in Montreal and 1976 is the year of the summer Olympics in Montreal. And so there's all this stuff about the city itself and what it was doing to prepare for the Olympics. It's very interesting to read it because 1976 is well before my time, almost 10 years before I was born. So, uh, I very peripherally understand that that the Olympics happened in 1976 in Montreal, yeah, and that they were like a gong show, yeah, of of an Olympics. And right now, actually, as we record this, it's the first day of the Rio of, Olympics. of the Rio Olympics, yeah. which are similarly a gong show. Actually, I shouldn't say similarly to a much larger extent a gong show, <laughs> um, to the point that I'm not watching those Olympics because I'm kind of fed up with the Olympic Committee and them not choosing these host cities particularly well. Uh, I think since we did the Olympics in Vancouver, it's <laughs> been a series of catastrophes. But um, what was the Summer Olympics right after us? Um, was it was in was it in Japan or something? No. I can't remember. No, it was it was Beijing. Be- oh yeah, Beijing. And, right. Yeah, and that was a gong show because the city was not abiding by basically any ecological accords that that the united nations has and uh and you couldn't breathe the air in the weeks leading up to the summer olympics and they had this huge open air thing all of the same problems that that this uh that that not the same problem but like similarly you know a city gets the olympics and it seems to cause nothing but trouble yeah um Except in Vancouver. It was really great for us. <laughs> it was fantastic for our city. It put us back on the world stage and uh, 
and economically actually has helped us quite a bit. But, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it seems like most places get the Olympics and then it kind of goes downhill from there. And there's a lot yeah. of that in the air sort of peripherally in this story. And then the Olympics are a thing that is happening during this. Um, and the thing that I find the most interesting about the story and about Paul and Mark and, and their buddies is that they are into the Olympics whole hog. Yeah. They're also into baseball, which is a really weird thing because like these guys are kind of the loser reject. Um, they drink and they're, you know, they smoke pot and they're kind of, they're kind of weirdos. Yeah. But back then that didn't mean being, uh, you know, the nihilistic, obnoxious teenager that, that I think our generation grew up (laughs) as where like, we didn't care about anything. So if something really cool, like the Olympics is happening, we would be like, I don't want to have anything with that that's so (laughs) it's so lame because my parents are into it right but in this it's like it's really weird to see these teenagers that are very much not into what their parents are are doing being really into something that's that everybody is into right um and being really really engaged in that um it's something that i think teenagers now uh they have their own worlds right Uh, right that they that they exist in when they're teenagers and they're really not part of the larger um, the larger zeitgeist, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was really cool to see that perspective and to see that, that back then being an outsider didn't necessarily mean not being interested in the things that everybody else was. Cause normally I would expect a character like Paul in a more contemporary story, like let's say Scott Pilgrim, which is actually very similar. Yeah. Um, yeah. Scott's story is informed by the fact that Scott Pilgrim and people his age are into movies and comic books and video games. And so like Scott Pilgrim is informed, like it, it, it plays off of those things. Whereas this does not play off of any of that because that stuff doesn't even really exist. exist. Not at all. Right. Um, 76 video games are still like, a very weird novelty, you know. Yeah. Um, Did Atari even come out at, at that point? I uh, I think like seventy six or seventy seven. Yeah. Like it's right around that time. I mean, like like what, I'm not kidding, and it's not just me as a huge Star Wars fan. As I look at my wall of Star Wars figures across from us as we record, um, and you know my Star Wars podcast. If I objectively put that aside, like Star Wars coming out really did signal the beginning of a completely new era in the Western world, in particular in America and Canada. Um, and, and this is like right before that and, and star Wars and video games and comic books and stuff. Like it was like somebody flipped on a light, like, like, like it was a switch all of a sudden star Wars happens and the world changes. Yeah. Um, and it got a lot smaller and everybody was into these pop culture things. Pop culture didn't really exist before then. And, and it's exemplified in this where like people are into their own music. There's really no way other than word of mouth for one person to talk to another person about what they're into. So, you know, yeah, there's the top 40 on the radio and there's television, but other than that, culture is very segmented and it's all about who, you know, and what they introduce you to. 
Um, which obviously we still have that to a certain degree, but nowadays it happens through uh, social media influencers on Tumblr and YouTube, right? Yeah. Like it's a very different experience today than it was back then. It's it's a this is definitely a time capsule of like what life was like in that era. So yeah. it's it's really cool to see it. And well, and each one of these books is that way too, especially yeah. because we're spanning. 30 years when you know Paul's a kid when he's an adult yeah. um, so you get also some of the older ones life in Quebec in the 80s when they were yeah. going through a lot of political turmoil and we yeah. you get to learn a lot about that the and separatism and yeah everything. yeah and there's there are hints of it in this yeah and it comes right? out full strong in, in some of the other cool. books when he's an adult yeah I mean like I this is one of the books that we read and it's not very often it's actually usually like maybe twice three times a year that we read something that it's like, that is incredible that it opened my eyes to somebody else's perspective. It is usually these autobiographical or semi-autobiographical books that do it. Um, this shares a lot of, of, um, the feelings that I had towards Pyongyang, not quite as strongly because Pyongyang is like probably in my top five comics of all time. Nice. Um, because I just love that book. Yeah. And the, like the experience of being in that world is conveyed so strongly. This is similar to that, but, but it's fictional. I, so it's a little different. It's fictional. And then I think the other part of it is that because I am Canadian and because this is part of our culture, yeah. I think that it's not as fantastical Right. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, that's more context for these things that I have heard my parents talk about. Right. Right. Well, and it's also um, not but the I forefront. W- yeah. Like Pyongyang, yeah. that's the forefront of that, the book. That's this the one is just the behind the yeah, It's just a secondary same, yeah. thing that's going on behind yeah. the scenes. Um, but I would love to read the other books in the series. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, like I will probably check those out at some point. You yeah. have them, I take it? <laughs> I actually brought them here for you in case <laughs> awesome. you wanted them. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay. I want to check them out. Okay, so. good. Yeah, yeah. I really, really liked it. Um, I this think is... actually of all the books that we read this month, this is the one that stands. Good, me stands too. Out the most. Paul is one of my favorite comic series. Yeah, and he just announced recently that this is his last work for the the foreseeable ind- future. Yeah. Foreseeable future. So he's yeah. getting older and just moving on to other things or something, which is too bad because he is just so great. He's got cool. lots of stories to tell. Um. And I want to thank Conundrum Press for sending this along our way because they, oh, yeah, they, they sent yeah. a review, this as a review copy. Yeah. And good. we're not saying all of these things just because of that, because no. I completely forgot until you just said yeah. it that they sent us no, this, it, this copy so to, good. to yeah. review. So, um, But you know what? The, the thing is, uh, we've gotten a few comics um, since we started doing doing the podcast, and often they review really well. That is because... Publishers don't often send you the stinky stuff. <laughs> they send you the good stuff, um, yeah. especially somebody like a, an outfit like us. Like we are not that big. We are not that. Um, uh, we don't have a huge listenership. So uh, you know they're not going to just send us everything. They send yeah. us like these these gems, um, and this is definitely one. Like I, 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 if if people are listening to this and they didn't read it, I think like you got to pick it up. You got to read it because. Especially if you're not Canadian, I think it will give you a perspective on Canada that that you don't currently have. Yeah. Um, it'll definitely flesh out our country in a way that uh, that I think especially a lot of Americans don't have that understanding. Um, because it is French Canadian, because it is Quebecois, and it's it's it, like that is 
it's an experience that I don't think that a lot of cultures across the world, I think it's one of the things that makes us uniquely Canadian is that within our country, we actually have, Quebec's not the only one because we've also got further up north with the territories. Yeah. Well, and, even both of those territories are quite different. Yeah. And then the Maritimes. And, yeah, like, we have all of these... It's very similar to America, but it's also very different because in America, I feel like there's um, there's almost an isolationist aspect to it where, yeah. like, the different parts of America are very aggressive towards each other. You know, if you're from the Pacific well, Northwest... And you talk to somebody from Texas, like, there's a lot of, like, well, our way of life is better than your yeah. way of life. But we have a little bit of that in Canada. Had, Quebec was about to separate. <laughs> and it comes mostly from Quebec yeah. side. But but there is also, like, this thing that, that like, we have the... It, in America, it's referred to as the melting pot. And in Canada, we refer to it as a cultural mosaic. Yes. <laughs> and, those, and those two different perspectives play out in the sense that in America... Everybody wants you to be the same as your neighbor, right? And that I think that comes out of the 1950s and 60s and that Pleasantville sort of ideology of Americana. Yeah. Um, in Canada, we are very different in the sense that, like, come as you are and we would love to learn about that. Yeah. And I think, like, that comes across on this podcast when we do talk about things like Paul Up North and Pyongyang where it's like please tell us about these other cultures because it's fascinating. Yeah. Whereas I think in America, it's like, come to America, become American. Right. Right. Um, and, and so I think that Americans could, to, and you know, I'm not going to single out Americans. I think the UK is very similar in particular, oh, yes. Great Britain. We've seen that they, in, the, in the news recently. Yeah. They are very much like, like it, it, at the moment, a lot of the UK is, is very much of the mind. Uh, don't come here at all. Well, uh, there, there's so, extenuating circumstances surrounding that with all the Syrian absolutely. refugees and such. Yeah. But but um, yeah. but yeah, I, I I do think that that books like this give you a humanizing look into other cultures. Yeah. That uh, that are often um, I, I I really feel like comic books have a, a a leg up on other mediums in being able to do that because they are able to portray the the visual aspect of a time and place but not in the overt way that film and television does right um while like allowing you to take it in at your pace and and at your yep. comfort at your level of, of of comfort um but they have that narrative structure of prose of a novel yeah um where where you you uh you are putting yourself into the character because you have to in order to bring that character to life so I think that's where, like, these autobiographical slice-of-life types of stories just, like, soar in comic book format when they're done well. Um, and it, I'm always jealous. Whenever I finish a book like this, I'm always jealous that I can't do that. <laughs> you know? Like, I wish it that I could. It does take a, a very specific person. It's, yeah. a, it's an incredible skill set because not only are are you required to be a great writer, but you also have to be a great artist and not just a great artist in the sense that like his characters and their expressions are all spot on. But as you said, like he's a, he's an excellent draftsman. His, the world that he creates in the background is every bit as fascinating as the characters in front of it. Yeah. So like that's a, that is a huge skill set, and it's one, 
really feel like a lot of Canadians have it and a lot of <laughs> French people have it. Like like French it's true. French. Yep. Because when we talk about Pyongyang, that's he's French Canadian as well. Yeah, and 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 then you talk about uh, Scott Pilgrim has the same sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, he's, he's it, Canadian. That's right. And and I feel like that might be a Canadian sensibility, um, and it might be a, a specifically Canadian comic sort of thing. You know, if we can look at a yeah. style and something to sort of call out what makes it a Canadian comic, uh, that might be in there. You know. So. Maybe that's worth checking out. Faith Aaron Hicks is Canadian as well. We yeah. for the Nameless City. There's yeah. definitely some of that in there too. Yeah, for sure. Um, I really like the way that Mikhail Rubeglietti lays out his book as well. Yeah. Um, it's just the presentation of it is just so good as well. The fonts he uses and stuff. And then, like, if you open up the book to the very first few pages, you get the blank page, the dedication page, and and then you get one page of just six panels of Paul lying half on his bed. And his mom comes in in third panel and sits on the bed. And then it cuts to the the copyright yeah. information. So the funny thing about that is that that is actually in the book. Yes. Like that's a page in the book. Yeah. And it really is like it sets when up. you go back and you look at that, you're like, oh, this is the crux of, his, of this whole book. Yeah. Is him falling for this girl and then her breaking up with him. Yeah. And then him growing up as a result and like this the these six panels this page like that's it that's what this book is and it's he manages to pull out the whole thesis of the book and put it on one page yeah and and he takes the dialogue out of it and he doesn't give you any context and then like you're right you flip and and then you get the the copyright page and the and like the title page yeah and then the story actually starts and then the story starts so it's this like it's so good it's almost like this, te- it's an appetizer for the rest of the book. It's, yeah, he's... A, well, he- and the whole time I'm waiting for him to get to this point yeah. of desperation or despair that he's yeah. feeling in this first page that we get to before the title page. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's it's so good. And then there are, there's another scene right near, right at the end, near the end, um, after he officially breaks up with, yeah. uh, with Lin- Linda. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when he finds out that she's dating somebody With else. somebody else. Yeah, one of his other friends. Yeah. And um, he, he rides off on his motorbike um, in tears. And you just see the passage of time from like look, from an aerial view of this, this intersection on the street. Yeah. And um, slowly um, you see that all of the vehicles are moving. All yeah. the people are walking. And then um, it's one, two, three, four. It's four pages. Each page... Um, the corners, he, he darkens them a little bit so that the focus, um, gets more and more obscured. It's like an iris kind of yeah. iris out. Yeah. And it shows his darkness is like, his world is closing in and, and yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and that's such a, it's, it forces you to stop Yeah, and you're not going to, you, I mean, you can just breeze past um, but you don't want to because on each page, this full splash page image is changing in these slight ways yeah. of the cars moving and everything. So you're looking at it and you're like, what's the, like, what am I looking for here? And yeah. then you realize by the time you get to the end of it, you're not looking for anything. No. Nothing's happening you're in just those pages. Watching it's just his world sort of, and yeah. like you say, closing in. And right? it's not, and he's not, he's not even in those pictures. No. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's such a great device. Yeah. It makes you... It makes you pause 
it makes you reflect on what has just happened yeah. before we move on to see how Paul deals with yeah. it. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it's really, it's really good. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to check out the other ones cool. and sort of see what the rest of, of this world is like in this character's story. Good. Um, yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Good. Okay. Um, so next week, the, in the next episode, we're going to have, before we get to episode 50, we're going to yeah. have a special episode. I interviewed a local artist named Sean Caremaker, and he has just released his first graphic novel called The Ghosts We Know. Cool. And um, it's a really great book, completely different than any other graphic novel you've ever read. So I'm going to talk to him about um, just his, his yeah. way of doing graphic novels. Um, check out that book if you can. Um, and then... Episode 50 <laughs> with my brand new co-host. <laughs> yeah, or I've been replaced. Yeah, um, yeah my, my friend, my good friend Julie Frost is going to be joining us and uh, we're going to be talking about three books. Um, one is manga called A Girl on the Shore by Inio Asano. Um, and then her pick is called Through the Woods, a collection of short horror stories by Emily Carroll. And then we'll also be checking out the brand new Marvel book, uh, Vision, Volume 1, A Little Worse Than a Man by Tom King and Gabriel hernandez Walter. So that'll be uh, some good good reading there, I hope. Um, cool. And yeah. Well, I, I'm excited for the, for the interview as well. Because um, I'm I'm not there for those either. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, it's it's cool to get to listen to the podcast for a change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, enjoy um, a break. I know it's not really going to be a break for you, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, 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 all the best. We uh, will be rooting well, for you, and we will be awaiting your return in a few months. Yep, definitely. Cool. Uh, well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening, and. Uh, Everybody else will catch you on the next episode. Yes, keep reading comics. For more Pullbox Podcast episodes, you can check out pullboxpodcast.com to submit a reader poll. Uh, you can email thepullboxpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us at Twitter and on Instagram at pullboxpodcast. And you can follow me, Curtis, on Instagram at Curtis Bidley. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ArkWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. Uh, you, can, you can also find all of our other great podcasts over at Thunderquack.com. And uh, uh, that's the home of the Thunderquack Podcast Network, of which we are proudly a part. And, uh, and if you want to help support all of our podcasts at Thunderquack, you can do that by heading to Patreon.com slash Thunderquack. And, uh, and, and you, can, you can pledge your support over there. Every dollar helps. But uh, if you're a Pullbox fan and supporter, then you'd definitely be interested in the $20 level, which allows you to get all three episodes of the Pullbox podcast, all three of our books, as one lo- super long episode uh, right at the beginning of the month, as opposed to having to wait for the individual episodes to be released. So you can find all that at patreon.com slash thunderquack and all of our other podcasts at thunderquack.com.